0: Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth minded organizations.
1: Derek, today we're going to talk about differentiation, distinction, and what's that whole mess in branding and marketing. Yeah, two different things. I think a lot
0: of people think that differentiation is distinction, that being distinctive in the eyes of our audience, that how we do that is by differentiating. And I think that when we talk about helping our customers communicate and differentiate, that's interpreted a variety of different ways. So let's just lay the foundation, and uh, Tucker, describe
1: in your from your brand strategy point of view, what does differentiation mean? To me, differentiation is about being the only option or the right option for a specific audience. So this means offering a unique, identifiable collection of deliverables. And those deliverables can be services or products. But when you look at it, what do we deliver to our customers and what is that Is that any different or unique from what our competitors offer to those same customers?
0: Yeah. It's giving people a reason to choose your business over somebody else's who
1: they perceive as being similar. Yeah. And those points, each one of those points of differentiation really have to be deep, right? They can't be surface level things we're talking about. They can't just be like, Oh, well, we're really good at what we do. That's not a differentiator. doesn't really bring value in a specific way. Yeah. Or maybe how many flavors
0: your product comes in might not, how many features it has, um, what its specific product benefits have sometimes are confused with real differentiators. Yeah.
1: And we'll get into that a little bit when you mm-hmm. can start identifying when you've lack differentiation but when we get into that what, what happens if someone can't differentiate if we're saying that you have to have a unique identifiable collection of deliverables what if someone can't change their deliverables in a unique and identifiable way what can they do then they would have the opportunity to look at being distinct
0: in the eyes of their customers so i think and we'll get into this too but if differentiation is a little bit more foundational mm-hmm. i think is fair to say yeah then distinction is a, more in lines of the of, of intentionally creating the perception of how people see and react to our
1: brand yeah the way i define distinction is increasing the recognition or the visibility of a brand in its competitive environment mm-hmm. so that's when you put everything on the table And you say, okay, this one looks or this one sounds different um, and distinct. You can pick it out of a crowd. So when someone says stand out out from the crowd. We say that all the time. Yeah, it means to be distinct. And that's much more of the, this is something that creative can really drive. And that's kind of the overarching goal of creative is to make things distinct. To differentiate something is more of a business goal, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and if one of the reasons why people talk about this all the
0: time is if you're not differentiated a lot of syllables today and if you're not distinct then you're probably going to end up in price battles the whole time Um, you're going to be bidding or estimating or uh, people are going to be choosing you based on price or lowest price and they're not going to be choosing you based on the true value and impact that you provide your customers
1: yeah i mean when that really gets down to the root of why is differentiation or distinction important why, why is that a problem if you're if you lack differentiation if you lack distinction what what are you really losing and i would say that that's pricing power right that's when you hear the people are racing to the bottom trying to get the lowest price keep cutting prices keep cutting prices and that's what happens when you're not distinct where where a customer can't pick you out from your competitors. They just look at the only thing they can pick out and that would be price. Right. Um,
0: can you differentiate with say, if you can't differentiate with price, can you differentiate with customer service?
1: Yeah. A lot, can, a
0: lot of people that we work with say they kind of beat that drum of that's how we stand out. That's our value proposition. That's how we're different and better than the other people that we compete with is, customer service, customer service, customer service.
1: But that's a really hard... How do you measure that? And I think that this is where we get to... Customer service itself is too broad, in my mind. Mm -hmm. When you say we do the best customer service, I would say that that's not um, a point of differentiation that is something that people actually care about. Because everyone cares about service, of course, but that doesn't necessarily mean they know what you're talking about. So if you're talking about customer service, I would... Go deeper and say, well, what specifically do you, you, do you do that is customer service oriented that moves the needle forward in a different way? It's almost like the exercise of asking why
0: two or three times to get yeah, to that more, deeper level. Just keep going level, Like for your organization specifically or for the people that you're trying to attract, what does customer service mean to them? Yeah. And why is that? What, what specifically to them would
1: resonate In any sort of way, and that goes a long ways, right? Because you can offer great customer service. Your customer or your competitor can offer great customer service, but you do different types of customer service. You offer different pieces of deliverables that you give. That and that goes a long ways to understanding how people are starting. We'll get into positioning later, but Mm -hmm. that's basically a part of their positioning strategy. So. It's really interesting to say you can go on other things when it comes to being differentiated. It doesn't necessarily have to be a product where you say, oh, well, we give them this pencil versus a pen. It can be a different type of service. So if if being differentiated, if being distinct
0: helps your company well, in all kinds of ways, if that is the true, and, and for the purposes of today's conversation, if that's the problem um, that a lot of businesses and organizations are trying to solve and they're trying to achieve that level of distinction. My guess is that what that, what a lot of them are actually trying to solve for when they recognize that isn't the actual problem. They're not necessarily trying to solve for becoming more distinct. They're probably
1: solving for shorter term um, symptoms. Yep. And those symptoms, they come up all the time. So we've actually pulled three of the most common ones that we hear from clients that, that are industry agnostic, Mm -hmm. right? Where we say, oh, that's a red flag. This red flag determines that they might have a differentiation problem or a distinction problem, that they're not unique in the eyes of their customers. So why don't you go after the first one here? I'm looking at the list here, too, and it's interesting
0: because uh, the first one is external. So one of the most common things that we hear people complaining about is that their messaging isn't working. Um, or that their messaging is hyper targeted on the features and the benefits of their product instead of
1: telling it's the brand story yeah and i think this is the most common thing is when you hear people say our messaging is just awful yeah i just can't and a lot of times it's like i can't even look at our website because i read it and it's just that's not even close to what we do or what we say or it's it just seems slimy or maybe there's a couple of things in there that you're just embarrassed to read it out loud. It sounds like everybody else. Yeah. Um, it's
0: filled with a lot of industry terms and acronyms yep. and abbreviations that I don't even
1: know what half of these things mean anymore. It could be very unapproachable. I mean, there's, some, there's so many different things, but at a high level. And nobody on our team is on the same board
0: and says the same message in the same way. Everybody's making it up in the yeah. way that the, in the way that they
1: see that it's not strong. cohesive, yeah, yeah. Yep. So one big thing that I pulled out—I mean, those were all just symptom examples—but the one big one that I pull out to know that we have a differentiation problem or a distinction problem is the messaging focuses on the features, mm-hmm. right? And the best example that I can pull from this is toothpaste. When you look at toothpaste, every single product says their magnificent feature or benefit or flavor or White quality. And at the end of the day, it's still toothpaste. I mean, it's still the same deliverable. And that's where we start to get the understanding between, okay, so toothpaste is a commodity. Mm -hmm. And how do they stand out? How does Colgate or Crest or all these other brands, how do they sell more than generic brand, Target brand, Walmart brand? How do they do that? And that's with distinction. Right, right. Right. So it's pulling these things, it's building a little bit more of a story in there, but being distinct in the way that they approach the selling of it. So that's a good example. What's the second example that we do for a red flag on? Um, um, another red flag
0: is when customers complain at the um, lack of traction in their marketing efforts. Um, are websites not being found enough we're not closing on enough opportunities our sales are maybe lagging a little bit um we're pumping all this money into pay-per-click advertising and we're just not seeing the results that that we've been promised
1: yeah well and that comes with the whole side of you can track those things and there's a industry standard right normally when you put out pay-per-click pay-per-click ads and you come through and you go okay well the standard should be that we get a conversion rate of x y or z so if we don't get that conversion rate what's going on and if we see that trend across multiple different campaigns between pay-per-click between different sales approaches between all this other stuff it might result in that you're just not viewed as distinct or differentiated based on other people or you're not speaking to the right audience so it's messaging problem and it's a
0: differentiation problem and it's a distinction problem but how many how often do customers sort of self-evaluate to the point where they realize that they have a a uniqueness perception issue yeah not a well we're just marketing in the wrong channel or we need to spend more
1: money yep this is where it becomes um the big difference between just keep putting out, just keep putting out things. It's all about volume. It's not necessarily about volume if you've been putting out volume with finding no results. So I think the biggest question here, if you do come across this in your organization where you have frequent ineffective marketing campaigns, I would stand back and say, okay, so what are our competitors saying? And what do they look like? And what is their offer compared to ours? And is it just the same? Or are we just you know, static noise out there. Um, But it's an interesting exercise to do. So the third one? Third one, we shift to the internal audience. Um, It's
0: actually surprising to me how often we hear from our customers who we help from a branding standpoint complain about the challenges that they have in attracting new new employees. Mm -hmm. Um, In communicating... I had one um, conversation recently where... Um, the customer was complaining that a couple of his employees had left for equal opportunities, same pay, same role, same structure, um, but they went to another company, and they felt like their their pay was competitive, their environment they felt was a good one, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't he couldn't understand what was the cause of that type of movement between yeah. the staffers
1: and the differentiation there or the distinction is a big impact, right? We're saying, well, what differentiates you as an organization internally? And this is where we get the interesting conversation about branding and marketing and how that plays out internally is just as impactful as externally. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking to customers or current clients or ongoing clients that are like, hey, we're just finding this to be a big problem. It's almost always comes back to, okay, so how are you different than anyone else? And if you aren't any different, how can we visually or verbally make you feel or sound different? Or what story can we help you tell that's a little bit different than those competitors? Well, and there's two sides to what you just said.
0: Um, if I was looking for a career change and I had two opportunities in front of me and from a salary compensation package, role, title, et cetera, the things that... Um, were written up in that offer were apples to apples, then what would be the thing that would tip the scales and incentivize me to choose one over Mm -hmm. the other? And if one of those is um, part of that distinction portion that you just described that I think would have attracted me to that place in the first place, that messaging, that voice, what they look like, what the brand um, represents, I think the other side that would actually... Help me make my choice would be a more foundational, uh, cultural, value-driven side of a much deeper side of what that business stands for. And that's the
1: true differentiation. And if there's people out there that I think a really, really interesting example is the people who say, well, it all kind of, you know, money is king there. The salary is the king. And I would argue and I'd push back and say, well, look at nonprofits. Right. Some some nonprofits granted you can get paid good money to work at a nonprofit, but a lot of them don't have the budget to pay people really well, but they stand for something. Yep. And they they have a mission to go do good, and they can attract some pretty good talent. They at attract that people that share
0: that same that same vision
1: and are passionate yeah.
0: about helping play a key role in that organization's quest for Exactly. doing what that thing that they're working towards.
1: Yeah. So if you're the three things that we're saying are red flags, top three things, red flags. We have one, messaging focuses on features. I'm going to talk about toothpaste a little bit there. Uh, two, frequent ineffective marketing campaigns. So you just keep putting money into an engine that's not getting you anywhere. Um, and then three is difficult, um, attracting new employees. So we're talking about people are leaving. Maybe people just aren't accepting the role and going somewhere else um and this is all comparatively to your competitors and your landscape yeah it's
0: your brand is just as important to your internal culture to your
1: internal team as it is to your current customers and your prospective customers yeah. all right um so then if those are the problems if those are the red flags those are the big things that we're seeing that kind of tip the scales and say oh we got a problem here what are the what are just three things that we could start with that might help solve those problems to get to the end of lack of differentiation or distinction? Well, the first one's definitely foundational. It's part of what what
0: we here refer to as your brand foundation. Um and within that core foundational piece, um what would truly help somebody well both differentiate and also make sure that they are distinct? in the eyes of, well, everybody
1: mm-hmm. would be a positioning, what we call a positioning strategy. Yep. And that positioning strategy, it, I, it, at the high level of what positioning is, it's basically making sure that you're set, situated in the minds of your consumers or the internal people. So we're saying prospective employees, but let's say in this case, consumers, where are you situated on their in their mind? So I, the best example I can do is when we have a two two um, axis grid and say, "All right, prices on one side, services on the other," which is the most basic way to do it. And say we're a high service, high price people. That means you're positioned in that upper quadrant, right? right? So for us, it's taking those axis, those axes, and putting our own labels on them, right? It's not always about price and service. There's other things that we offer. There's other things that we can do to position ourselves versus other people. So that's why when we get to, well, price shouldn't always matter. And this is where, if you have a good positioning strategy, you can really handle the price and you can price premium at that point. Yeah, you're pricing for the value of the work that you're providing, not necessarily just on
0: time and materials. Yep. Um, What I love about the positioning exercise and the way that you've described it is just in as much as you've described the 25% or even less, but in this case, a quadrant of four, yeah. the, the 25% of the entire audience that you focused in on, you've also identified the 75% of that audience yeah. that you are not focused on.
1: Exactly. And, well, and I think that it's interesting to start looking at what do we not do? What do we not accept? What kind of products do we not put out there? um we if we're up in that top quadrant where we're all about high price high service or high price high quality however you want to do it then you're not going to be making value products down at the very bottom right you're not going to be making the cheapest and the least expensive to try to get it out mass market as possible it's just not how you work which then starts to get a little bit of clarity and a little bit of focus about who you are so this Positioning strategy doesn't necessarily go into all those different things, but you start getting a taste of, okay, what is this company? What do they kind of stand for and who are they? It makes it a lot easier to say specifically what you do and who you serve and
0: it it prevents that story from being watered down. But what do you say to somebody who pushes back and says, but if I only focus on 25% of this potential target market, um, what about all the opportunities that I'm missing out on by not making my story, my message, yeah. uh, my approach uh, broader and going after everybody? Am yeah. I going to miss
1: out? Well, at our client level, I would say that standing for something is better than standing for nothing. And being for someone is better than being for everyone in the sense of you can't close or you can't sell 100% Of that top 25%, right? Right. You're going to get a little piece of all of them. So instead, what, what I'm saying is to focus on one set of those consumers and expand the opportunities within that instead of opening your doors and watering down. When you say watering down, I think directly to the, okay, so now we're not really special for anyone. Now we're less viable to the people that we actually are the best fit with. Yeah, exactly. In in their
0: eyes. Yeah, and we want to get to that minimum viable audience. And and the other benefit of getting to that minimal, so we're talking about this hyper-focus, what that also does is effectively reduces all kinds of competition that we have. If we can become the only ones who do this, Mm -hmm. um, then we become much more valuable. I mean, one of my favorite analogies is if you have a, a leaky dishwasher and it's leaking water all over the place do you hire somebody who is specifically skilled and specializes in plumbing or do you hire a general contractor that does plumbing electrical drywall maybe some landscaping and snow removal do you want the best who does exactly what you need or do you want
1: somebody who might do what you need um they're good with duct tape (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, so positioning's huge, right? I mean, that's kind of the the key of everything. If you can position yourself well, you're on a great you're on a great path forward. So, what about the second thing here? What else can people do?
0: Well, once you are positioned, then it's telling that telling that story. Telling the story of you, of your organization, um, and in a in a fresh light in a way that sounds unique to you, sounds different than how other other people are saying it and in a way that will help you more effectively engage specifically with that identified focus market that you're
1: looking at. So when you say story and I think of story and story means everything. um, But it's also, it means nothing to a lot of people. But when I think of what you're talking about, telling that fresh story, telling a different story than other people, it's figuring out what emotional things we need to stand for, but also, okay, how are we articulating ourselves? What's that tone we're using? Um, How do we want to come across when people read our content or listen to what we say? How do we want to be seen or how do we want to be heard? I guess is the better way to say it. And those things go a long way. So it's not just taglines. It's not just those high level messages that get put out. But it's when you read through a website, you get a taste of who they kind of are. And if you don't and you read through someone's website and you don't really have any kind of personality, you don't really understand the direction they're coming from, I feel like that gives an unauthentic approach to their organization. Well, and today, today the way that people consume
0: websites, they're probably not going to read on for very long if they yeah. can't understand what you do anymore. Yeah.
1: You brought up a really
0: good point. There's a very, in, in our minds, the way that we approach branding, there is a difference between story and messaging. Yeah, Story is what you as an organization stand for what Mm -hmm. you believe in what the flag that you plant represents Mm -hmm. messaging is the language and the words Mm -hmm. on a tactical level that become taglines headlines um elevator speeches etc yeah that do the hard work of communicating the story
1: yeah that makes sense exactly what it is you said something about um reading your website and we work with a writer and fantastic quote what's the quote about reading body copy
0: uh jeff is his name and jeff's quote is that if somebody takes the time of reading the copy on a website or in any material for that matter they should be rewarded yeah
1: i love that they should be rewarded for
0: having taking the time to actually spend some time digesting this yeah this message
1: it's interesting when you when we work with um writers on stuff it's So you draw them in with the visuals, but you really hammer it home with the messaging. And I think that that's so true. Um, Okay, third thing, final thing we'll touch on today, but what else can they do to be differentiated or distinct in the eyes of their audience? Um, It's your look. Um,
0: It's the visual aspect of your brand. It's having a unique look. Um, And that could be in color, that could be in this is where your logo might come into play, your Mm -hmm. color palette, the imagery that you use, um, the graphics and visuals that you use to support the telling of the story. Yeah, We were working with a a bank recently and in a quick competitive analysis of just looking at I think it was the top six or eight local banks and co-ops that they were competing against. Um, at a glance, just by looking at the home pages of their websites mm-hmm. and their logos, we determined that I think eight out of the eight that we looked at were all blue sure. and pretty much the same shade of blue. Yeah. And I get it. Blue. Security. Yep. Blue stands yeah, for everything that we think yeah, of. Absolutely. But if your goal was to help your brand stand out and to be visually distinctive mm-hmm. and to reflect the differentiation that you truly believe you are based and rooted in, um, that I would probably pick a different color that still, still one yeah. that's authentic. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to look the same. Absolutely. And you can else. still
1: stand for trust and you can still stand for all those different things that Navy blue stands for. Right. Um, I think the hard part with a lot of colors, such a interesting one to talk about, but visually specific on visuals, we, find that a lot of people do things with preference first right mm-hmm. a lot of clients a knee-jerk reaction on preference personal preference and it's not about personal preference it's about the reason why we're doing these things so if you pick color just because you like it then that's kind of a that's an issue if it's color that
0: just happens to dominate your own personal wardrobe um, because your skin tone and the color of your eyes, et cetera, look good in that sort yeah. of specific palette. Yeah. Um, even if you're the owner, founder, visionary of that specific organization and it was rooted in your own personal why to begin with, mm-hmm. um, the translation of what you and that organization stands for, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you as an individual. And it needs to represent that story and communicate that in a way that resonates with people and it won't res- it can't resonate with people
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you're just in the sea of looking exactly like everybody else my
1: favorite moment ever when we reveal creative to clients is when you get the aha moment and they're like i don't even this isn't really even my style but i love it because it's perfect for this. right? And it's you start to see the organization as itself, as it's, it's, its own brand. It's not you. And so this is part of the detaching yourself from the thing that we're going to brand, change, look. It has to be authentic, to your point, but it can't be personal preference. We had uh, an
0: opportunity to rebrand a local golf course. And when we first started talking with them, they had identified their primary competitor, which was in their same neighborhood. That they thought they could draw some golfers over to their to this place uh, to come to come and check it out. And their personal preference was that their new logo and their new updated brand should look just like yeah the competitor that they'd identified because they liked the competitor, they looked up to them, and frankly, the other the other course is doing great business. Yeah. Our challenge back to them, though, was if you look just like them and you take kind of a me too yep. um, attitude then and you 're not like them at your core, your position isn 't like theirs mm-hmm. what you 're about is completely the spirit of what you do and stand for this specific golf course is completely different than what that golf course stands for, yeah, and um, luckily they were they took our strategic advice and they went a different direction um and within the first year of launching the new brand they had uh, i believe they had record number of golfers they sold a record number of merchandise
1: um yeah i mean it's not surprising unique. right when cuz if you were to golf i mean you go and look at these places and you pull them up and you go okay that's kind of what it looks like kind of looks like if, if there's something in there that catches your eye whether it's the photography of the course, whether it's the way the website's laid out, whether it's the way they talk about golf on their website, they're, they're super passionate and they have emotion with it. Or for this ex- specific example, maybe the logo looks completely different. It's not a bunch of prairie grass and trees or birds or animals or cat, deers. Cattails. Yeah, cattails. Um, but it, it just it's completely different and it's, it makes people stop right? And that's kind of the point. But I think it's really great to see um, a local and some of those we work with clients that are, you know, $200 million all the way down to $1 million a year in annual revenue. And it's to me, it's the small ones, the small companies, small organizations that we work with, where those positioning decisions are hard. Those are really hard. Because you're because you've been doing it the way you've always been doing it, um, it's hard to change the way you look because you've always looked like that, and yeah, so and it's a risk. And it's it's absolutely a risk. But sometimes it's um, it's great to for me to be on that journey with them and see them kind of come across the from the very first meeting we have this to we just need to be new we just need to be like everyone else to at the end of the day they're like. I'm proud of who we are because who we are is who no one else is. Yep. which is great. I think a a good thing for
0: people to take away um, is when their organization is having an issue is to take the time to step back and analyze that issue to determine if that issue is a symptom or if it's the root problem. Yeah. And to make sure that what they're doing is solving for the root problem.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And it's hard. A it's hard to self-diagnose.
0: Yeah, but your brand affects way more, many more aspects of your business than you might realize. Absolutely. All right. Until
1: next time. Thank you.
0: Sussner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark, guiding marketing leaders who are working to make their brand communicate better, stand out, and engage audiences to grow their business. For more on Susner, visit susner.com.